This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Main Hustle Media Podcasts are recorded on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, Tongva, Karankwa, and Hohokam people. And I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Queer and Far Podcast, a travel podcast from a couple of queer friends. We are providing tips and resources to travel safely while black and brown, while queer, while disabled, or any marginalized group and intersection in between. I am one of your co-hosts, your Sir Auntie Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blasian Blurred, the busiest mixed race by gendered bisexual polyamorous atheist comic book nerd cat mom and two time asian american podcasters association's golden crane award-winning podcaster mm-hmm. <laughs> in <laughs> this podcasting game that's how you do a 30 second intro for every awesome. episode and you are the still other shay. co-host still shay shay nanigans yeah still shay and still a noob but i'm here and i'm learning <laughs> and i'm queer get used to it get used to it okay and every single time you say tips i hear tit it's fine it's fine it's fine i think Uh, i think it's the queer side of me sure sure uh how do you feel okay so this is episode two yep episode one is out Uh uh-huh how do you feel i feel good yeah i was nervous you were i told you i was nervous but um I liked it. You did a very good job. I mean, I did a very good job. Too. You did fine. My, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why you're tripping so much. Well, what I mean is, like, when there was like edits, and all of a sudden there was like banana slides. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> edits! <laughs> I've always wanted to have edits. I probably won't do that all the time, but there were just moments because oh, no. I didn't do it all the way throughout the episode. But there was just moments when I felt like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and, and I don't do know. It. You know. the people out there in the internet lands, they're they going to get it. used to certain things. It's fine. If they get used okay. to it, I can, I can do it. Um, but yeah, like I, I realize the, the level of nerves are disproportionate between us. Cause I've been doing this for four years and, and you were so nervous about seeing yourself. I'm like literally the most mm-hmm. mediocre of people can be out there on these podcasts and streets. So like, that is true. I, that fine. is true. Like was there's those profit ones and, those angry men podcasts about why women are the problem. Right. So no, I think you did a good job and Thank I'm, you. I'm glad that you got to a place where you finally were like, you're just having a conversation. Cause that's what we're doing. We're just having, conversations. that's all we're just talking. Yeah. And today is going to be a good one because we really wanted to get into sort of, since we are starting our journey, I am going to be traveling soon and I, we're going to have some travel episodes coming up, but because you and I are in this sort of um, to get together ish, expat journey i wanted to to start that off a little bit and talk about that and you did too you have a whole list of shit that you want to get into today so what we're talking about today is when is someday because we all have the someday we're going to do fill in the blank yep but more specifically when is someday now yep and the way you get to when is someday now when the when you the way you get to figure out when now is is why you're doing this. And so we've been kind of talking over the last week and change about, well, we've been talking about for years why we want to do this, but more specifically to the show we've been talking about over the last week or so, like why is the, why is it 
now and what what is getting us to that place that of place right now we're getting ready to leave our the only home that we've ever known i mean i know we've traveled and, yeah and um, i've traveled and we've moved around a little bit but it's a big deal when you start talking about i'm gonna start spending some significant time away from friends family your birthplace yeah. um so on yeah, it's so. funny because I haven't lived abroad yet, but I have left whatever home is at a given time, both as a military kid and as an adult. I've moved around like every five years and stuff like that. So I'm used to like leaving a collective group of people behind and mm -hmm. kind of what happens after that. Like every place I leave, there's like a, you know, one or two friends that kind of stay your friend friends. And then there's like the next tier is like two or three people that are like Facebook friends that, that yeah. still tell you that they love you, but like you've literally never seen right. each other or no, talked never. on the phone. For forever. Um, yeah. And then you've got like the ones that are just like, hey, I remember you. <laughs> We're still Facebook friends, but like happy well, birthday, you know. Um, so I'm used to that. Right. But I think what I, I guess a little bit, was when we had a, I don't, I want to say we had a conversation. It was so funny because Charmaine was driving responsibly and <laughs> she was uh, sending me video, not video, but voice, uh, little messages, voice memos. Yeah. Uh, talking about how her partner, uh, Tristan was talking about some of his concerns or voicing, like, why don't we just pick a spot? That's going to be the forever place. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the one. And it's like, how can we pick a forever spot? If we've never been. Yeah. Like in this spot. But I think, I think one of the main hurdles I think that makes everybody apprehensive is, you know, in Mexico, they speak, I mean, I'm sure they, they speak English, but they speak primarily Spanish, Spanish and a different version of Spanish than they do in Spain. And, um, and then there's different foods. How do we get around getting furniture, all the stuff we're leaving things that you don't even think about. Like we just pop off to the store. We just go down That's to get our true, medication. Yeah that type of stuff that, like little things that you take for granted every day yeah um like so yeah. there's there's fish out of the water moving from california to texas or texas to massachusetts you know for me as, as an adult or you moving to where you're living now i don't know if you've said so i'm not i'm not putting it out there um but I've, i live I've, on the sun <laughs> i live that, on that's, the sun. that's kind of true it's otherwise known as Arizona, Arizona. Um, so like for me, like there's there are some creature comforts that disappear, like things that are very northern California versus southern California things that you just have in shops or whatever. Right. Or like once you move to like if you move to New England, you know that like if you don't have a dunks or a, a honeydew on every corner, you get used to that. And then you move to a place that doesn't have that. And you're like, what do I do now? Because I don't right. I don't I don't drink coffee, I drink tea and right. You know, stuff like that. all kinds of stuff like, like there's this weird little creature comforts but that's a different thing than when you go to a place and you literally have to ask the question are am i going to be able to get carmax in mexico right you know, like because for and me I, this is a crazy know. thing i need you know um and then we i was we've been watching like expat videos and stuff like that of people that we follow and and they've been dropping things that you're just like oh shit we didn't think about that put that on no. the list and some of that is like vitamins you can't bring them to mexico so but you can get vitamins in you mexico can't, you can only bring a certain amount of your your pet's food and your pet's food yeah like only a little a day's worth of your pet's food so you have to know that you can get and especially that like, we both have animals that have prescription food mm -hmm. so like there, there's like all these little things that like we haven't even thought about some of the things that are going to happen. Uh, we do have things that we have thought about, but we don't right. even know. Like even right before we press record, we were talking about our gaming chairs 
and whether or not we would be carting those with us because like I didn't I didn't buy this casually. You know, like this is a very specific this is a Spider-Man chair. This is a fucking Marvel chair. That's why yeah. I bought this chair. Am I going to bring it to Mexico? Probably not. But no. do I put I it don't in storage? Know. Like all kinds of stuff. So let's get into that. So we've been okay. talking about the why mm -hmm. and then how our whys get us to now. Yeah. So I, this has been slow growing for me for the longest time. I've been uh, not feeling satisfied by American culture for a very long time now. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure maybe in some ways, like for you, you're like, lady, I was born. <laughs> I mean, I'm with... I'm half a foreigner anyway. Like both right. sides of my family right. have a, a foreign relative, uh, you know, grandparent. So in my case, I'm half who I was raised by. So I'm like, I have a non-American mindset, even though I was born here and raised. Right. Here. I'm and, an American foreigner. Um, I you've known me for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. So you've known me that I've always been very outspoken, extremely loud confrontational is I mean, a good you word gotta, you got us out of a uh a, a ticket with the cop which was in a really impressive way so yeah one day internet we will tell you that story <laughs> one day you will <clears throat> know that story and all that glory but um uh i think for for me on a personal note i feel a high like a sense of responsibility of if i don't like something i need to work very hard to change it and i've been mm. doing that for over 20 years i'm a little and i'm not going to lie i'm a, i'm exhausted that's mm. there's no other way of putting it and i i think i want a change of perspective and i'm americans especially white americans only sees things. I mean, I'm saying this to you, like I'm talking to a fish about how water is wet. I understand <laughs> that, but I'm, I, I'm, it, this is for Wait, the Let, me, let me get ready there. to grab my Kamoyo beads. Hold on. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Don't say, um, the, the, the nationalism, particularly Christian nationalism in this country has been exponentially going up. Mm. Um, even though that we've gotten, rights as i use those in those air quotes and how people have become more woke and liberal whatever the heck mm. effing means yet here we are yeah with roe versus wade being overturned which if anybody is shocked by that you weren't paying attention i i mean i have felt that probably longer than than some of the people that we've had separate conversations about or two like even even my husband was shocked that Trump got elected and I was saying from the jump I'm like he's getting elected and and after the whole like grab him by the pussy thing he was like there's no way and I'm like that's the thing that guarantees he's getting elected you know like I I'm a brown femme I'm a brown queer femme I I am experiencing this kind of stuff more often than a yes. white person is and therefore like the shock that some people experience I mean it's not like there aren't brown people that were shocked there were but you know there's at the end of the day some people believe in like a sense of justice that that they uh, think things will just not go the worst way they can right. go and for me yeah. i'm fully always expecting it and i'm yeah you can't afford to have hope i can't honestly i can't and that's actually one of my biggest beefs with the first campaign for um obama was the hope thing and i was like mm. i hated it because and this is probably a way bigger conversation that we will not get into on this episode, but I hated it because as a fellow mixed black person, 
I didn't want the mixed one to be telling people to have false hope in America. <laughs> to be right? honest, to right? be honest, but you know, whatever it is, it is what it is. Um, right. He also grew up white or in white affluence and in, in other countries and stuff like that too. So he, he doesn't have the same experience of being a black American that I have and, and you know, whatever. Right. So yeah, I don't, I can't afford hope. And so I'm not surprised by this. I, I prepared in the way that I could prepare, you know, like when got elected I, and I can't even actually believe I said his name. I usually don't say his name. Um, I'll bleep it. <laughs> I'll bleep it because it's a bad <laughs> it word. It is a dirty word. It's a dirty word. Um, it's the only word I'll bleep. I won't, I won't bleep yeah. fuck motherfuckers fuck, shit, fuck cunt, nothing, fuck, but, fuck. but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and bleep uh, 45. Um, you know, like when he got elected, I instantly changed out my IUD because I was like, I need something to get me through the first term just in case, you know, same type of thing, like mm -hmm. anticipating Roe versus Wade happening. And, you know, me being 44, I still have time. I'm not in menopause yet. I don't know <laughs> when this will end. Right. So like, no, right. and I live in Texas right. and they won't tie my tubes because my oh. husband might want well, babies one day. Um, I've, been, I've asked three times in my life. I'm now 42 and I've been turned down three times. Yeah. No, because I was turned down specifically because my husband might want children. Yeah. But, and I'm like, with who? Because my husband's had <laughs> testicular cancer and no longer has testicles. <laughs> oh my goodness. So who am I having these children with? Like the way in which they do not like, I they swear, don't even, I know they don't, they don't even bother care. I'm like, but for me, I don't think I was Surprise is not the right word. I think what has been happening constantly for the last 10 years is I'm being constantly disappointed. And that's what's new to you. Right. Well, because um, I've been, I'm used to being disappointed by strangers. Right. I am now being more and more and more very disappointed in family and friends. So it's been hard on you. Right. And I don't, should I, is that should I segue in it? Like, okay, internets. Um, <laughs> I like that you keep calling <laughs> internets. internets. Like, you know, I'm, I'm militantly mixed. I call everybody my cousins and stuff like that. Here, you're just like internets. Those are internets. Uh, listen to me. So, um, my entire life has been confronting family member and friends to provide education, sometimes crack some jokes to be the calm person. So I was never calm all the way, but a lot of times I, but to them, I was being extra. But for me, I'm like, no, you don't understand. I am being calm. I'm coming here with facts. I'm coming here to educate. I'm coming here to hear your side and all this other stuff. And those family members who went the wayward, who um, went for frumpy dump, um, they're past gone. The ones I'm the most disappointed in are the ones that continue to say, well, why are you grouping me in with them? Mm -hmm. I don't believe that way. And it's because I keep saying to you, you keep making safe places for oh, these damn. people to conjugate. Yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever. Christmas. You ask me to mute myself. Because you want to have a quiet, calm family holiday. Yeah. Yeah. And I keep saying Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned. I can't tell you how many family members told me that was never going to happen. It wasn't codified. So not in the 50 years I had, I let my white, uh, you know, matrial 
my matriarchal, you know, family members had in charge of that. No. Um, and so I'm, that is what I'm tired of. It's friends and family that I, I was like, look, things are getting bad. I need you mm-hmm. to speak up. And, and so I, to be clear, I don't, I'm not running because I don't want that. Like I'm still want to be here to do my advocacy work, to vote, to, sure. to give maintain money, a residence, to, to and stuff like that, whatever. Yeah. But I need, I need some different perspective. I need some time off. I need to breathe because I've been running and running and running for, yeah, I don't know how long now, seven years straight with no time off. I mean, I think that's why it's weird because I feel like this um, slight defensiveness to be like, but I was thinking about this already, you know, like, right. Or or just like reminding people, like, you've heard me talk about this for years that I've been wanting to do this. It's just that I think this is the someday part, right? Where like, you're like, someday I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And most of those things you don't actually think you're going to do. Mm-hmm. But you're not, like, killing yourself over it either. You're just like, it's just the fantasy. It's whatever. This is how we talk. Right. Um, but there's so many things that I needed to not be just the fantasy. Yes. As a kid that grew up with, you know, international family on both sides of my family. Um, as a kid that grew up on welfare, that didn't have possessions, that sometimes had to bolt in the night and leave things behind. I wanted to make sure that at some point in my adulthood, I had the experience of living in other places to expose myself to something different as well um, from, from my experience here, but also like to give myself a chance to enjoy things. I think there's so much about our fantasy life that we don't try to do because we think it's either unattainable or that we don't deserve, even deserve the opportunity to try it. And uh, the last few years have been really since since 2015, things have been particularly difficult in my personal life and little things have happened and big things have happened all to kind of cut me down. And I have managed to either stay above water or stay afloat to a degree while dealing with like massive depression and everything like that. And at the end of the thing, every time I'm trying to deal with this kind of stuff, all I keep doing to get myself sort of out of these like gloomy places is fantasizing a lifestyle where I'm living close to both a beach and a jungle or a forest. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know why specifically that's the thing. Like I want the rest of my life to be like me on a hammock on a beach with like the forest in the background. And that's been this thing that I sort of fantasize my way out of those darker moments. And, and, and why it, it takes a minute to be like, well, why is that, only a fantasy thing to get myself out of depression to put me back into a situation that's going to put me back into the depression and boom 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 and i'm bouncing back and forth and i have whether by accident or purpose i've been making my life a little bit more mobile so that i don't have to necessarily have roots anywhere and i literally have never had roots i'm a military kid you know i grew up moving around like crazy and then as an adult my partner and i have moved all over the country for a job or on a whim or whatever, we're just ready to go. Right. And um, I don't see why this has to be any different, especially Mm -hmm. once you start doing research and finding out that there are ways that you can attain it financially and things like that too. Um, And I will do my best to, to, to not necessarily infiltrate a location or, you know, definitely not gentrify Gentrify. a location, but just like try to try to immerse myself in, in participating in the culture and in the way in which I can have access to it without like, well, capitalism is bullshit, right? Yeah. Part of this, 
it's the system of which we live in. Yeah. Um, and to make changes within that system where we can still exist and live without taking advantage of another group of people. That's what we're going yeah. to be trying to, to do the best we can. And that is just be more conscious of it, more right? conscious of it. There's going to be times we're going to, we're probably going to both deal with a different version of like class yes. anxiety and, and race anxiety in different ways, because I'm also moving to a place where the race of other people aren't my race or ethnicity. Right. Um, I think a lot of that stuff will be at play, but I, I keep coming back to why do I always have to struggle? Why can't I, be a person that gets to do the things that these mediocre ass expats do yes. when they leave their country and stuff like that. Like, why can't I do it with intention, with thoughtfulness, right. with empathy, while also actually trying to enjoy myself and just mm -hmm. fight in a different way now than I have been having to fight every single day of my fucking 44 year life. You know, yeah. um, I think that, I think that's, what it comes down to and it, and then just discovering that it's even realistic. And so I think over the last couple of years, following some of those um, black and brown expats that yes. have content creation mm -hmm. um, or uh, different content channels, I'm able to kind of see the realistic aspect of it that I thought was just completely unattainable before. Mm -hmm. And of course you've just done so much research that you've shared with me over the years too, that it just, it gets closer and closer to feeling realistic to a degree that I one day basically just had to look at my partner and be like, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. Are you going to do this with me? With me. Cause because I'm gonna at do it some point I'm just going to fucking do it. Like I just know right. I'm going to fucking do it. And I think that's, that's really the difference of the last couple of months for me mm -hmm. was that I realized, you know what it was? I don't know if you remember specifically, but you and I had almost a carbon copy conversation like a couple months ago from a conversation we had had a couple years ago when I was still living in LA. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that a couple years ago, it was still fantasy mode. Like even though you had so much information and you had broken it down about what was feasible and all this kind of stuff, it was still like, no, I don't think so. You know, like, I don't think that's really possible or that I would even want to. I also had to do some decolonization work about like how much westernization and, and like, um, why you were only looking at specific at certain locations. spaces and things like that. Like we had had that conversation and then we had a carbon copy of it like a couple months ago. And I remember the moment at which I was like, you know what, actually that makes sense. Like, why wouldn't it be that way? You know, why couldn't we try, you know, Mexico of all, you know, in particular or something like that versus some of the other places that we were talking about. And everything changed for me in that moment. I was, and of course, transitioning out of my comic book shop and, and dealing with the, like the emotions around doing that transition Absolutely. and stuff like that. I was just like, you know what? I packed my whole life up and went to Houston, hoping that my comic book shop would take off and be really successful. And I hope that it still is without me. But when I decided to separate from there, I didn't have a plan outside of I'm just going to be a podcaster now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now like it's a few months later and it's like, I'm going to be a podcaster now, but I'm actually going to do shit in my day to day life that I can yeah. use in my podcasting and enjoy. And so, yeah, I think that's how my wise became now. Um, but there's still right. so much stuff that we don't like. Like the other day when I texted you because I watched that video and the person talked about dampness or no, I, I was in a, a group chat of something and I saw people talk about dampness and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, put this on the list of something that we hadn't talked about before. So, right. yeah. Do you want to talk about some of that stuff that like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like some of the things that the uh, 
of things that we didn't think about or things that now I'm considering. Like one right now, the reason why Mexico has always been high on my list is that very easily I can take my pets and go across the border. Yeah. And that, that's, that is something down. you've said the whole time. Yeah. Because I have pit bulls there. Those are harder to move. Mm-hmm. Also, I could just get in a car and go across the border. That's yeah. a lot easier than spending 2000, 3000, 4000, getting them in a very stressful environment. I still think most likely now, if we're going to Merida is mm-hmm. one of our topics or even Mexico city, it would be easier to fly with my animals as opposed to spending three days in a car. Right. And you're also and an- talking about a two to three hour flight versus a nine hour flight across the pond pond right to something else so um and then uh but some of the things i found interesting was with the you know colonization of the information that is provided when you google something from the from your um ip address from america is it's very anti-brown yeah it is um and it's so sometimes it's not subtle that's true but a lot of times it's just the it's wording like, oh, they just, oh, they talk about crime. And then, but if you start looking at certain things in this way, they word it and what they're talking like. And you also have to do like exponential, like we compare it to a population in, yes. a, in the States versus in the states. all of the States. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they do some really crazy math. Right. And when I actually went and looked at how, world organizations outside of the United States, which was very hard to find <laughs> to, that was looking at the, mo- the safest cities in the world to live. And they wasn't looking at like everywhere, but it was like looking at the, you know, certain particular the countries, topics, the, the part, topics, yeah. right. Um, M- Merida is the second safest city in out of all of it. Yeah. Outside of every city, every single city in America. Yeah. Like we're not even on that list. And so that's the difference of actually watching expat content from white people versus expat content from brown people is mm-hmm. that I've never followed white expats. I've always followed black black women particularly, but there's a few black men as well. And then a few um, non-black brown folks, whatever, you know, right. different different categories, but not as many. And for they've always put things in perspective that make sense to someone like me who grew up in Long Beach, who grew up in predominantly black neighborhoods and things like that. Like they have always said those things. They're like, yeah, there is crime compared to where we're from. It's nothing like and and we're because we're talking about specifically the neighbor. Well, for those of us that grew up like hood kids, specifically for the neighborhoods we grew up with, the places that we're looking at don't even compare crime wise and then of Mm -hmm. course like like someone put it very specifically like um there's only three states in all of the 31 states of mexico that where the police force is paid a living wage yes a commiserate with like their lifestyle and what they need and things like that too um so i say that because we call things living wages here that don't actually (laughs) like match up so that's why i wanted to say those words um where they're you know they're paid by the government at you know at a level that is comfortable for them to actually live. And so they're not motivated by the poverty aspect or, you know, or like racking up numbers and stuff like that. So the way that the police 
enforce crime or enforce right, enforce you know, and things like that enforce crime I, I didn't mean to say no. that way, but you know what i'm saying the way that the You're police police is different than the way it happens mm -hmm. here and mm -hmm. and a lot of the and so like i'm getting a chance to see that a lot more often probably and i know that you have curated your your for you's and stuff like that to see more black and brown people over the last few years but I don't know what you were seeing before, you know, like, I don't know if you were getting access to that kind of stuff. Not as much because I wasn't always look like I wasn't always going and consciously trying to go out and find stuff. Mm -hmm. And also it's not, it's easier now. It is easier now, but they, they don't give platforms to people of color or disabled or other mm -hmm. um, more than not. And it, let's be real here. To be able to travel is a privilege mm -hmm. um, that a lot of people cannot afford to do. Yeah. So primarily the people that I, I was seeing um, was people who look like me. But I was taking it from another perspective. Uh, I don't know how healthy this is. And I'm not I won't be dropping names because I don't need that type of shit in my life. But <laughs> is that is watching how people who look like me. What we do. Mm -hmm. And how problematic we are, for example, the way we move in, the way we um, we go in there with our uh, money and we expect if we just throw money at it, we can Fake just it, yeah. get whatever the fuck yeah, we, we want. want. Mm -hmm. um, the, the other thing that I that it was really offensive to me is many of the people who do, um, you know, podcasts or, or do these travel blogs and stuff like that. Never, ever, ever talk about the politics, mm -hmm. the economic issues mm. that affect the country they just take a, what i feel is advantage of the situation it's like you're living in a place and taking advantage of, of a group of people or or getting not so much taking advantage what do i want to say having the privilege and giving a better life at the at, from these people who are mm -hmm. giving like sharing their homes with you ecuador and yeah and in mexico or even you know other places and you're you don't want to speak about what directly affects them. Yeah. Because other, you've gotten away from the thing that directly right. affects you. Because you, know? you keep you keep saying, well, that's their problem, not mine. You're in not, their space. You're in their space and you're funding a government or a group of people that helps keep these people in this plight. So, yes, it has everything to do with you. Yeah. And if you're not conscious about that, you're that's us. The other thing that I really didn't like is whenever they... I see them, they go and they build their companies. Like mm. they'll build spaces and they'll invite other expats to come down and work with them. Like, don't worry, we'll give you a job and we'll show you how to do real estate down here. I'm like, ew. Yeah. I always wondered that because like when I would watch those like um, home hunter or house hunters international shows mm -hmm. and they were always like English speaking, American English speaking realtors yeah. and things like that. And I was, I always had questions. Like it, it always stuck in the back of my mind of like, what, what's happening there? Why is that a, a thing that's available? Right. It's also a thing of like people not even knowing some of the basic things about the company, the countries that they're going to. Like, right. Do you know the name of the presidents or prime minister? Do you know if they have a president or a prime minister? Yeah. You know, or do you know, like, like, I remember seeing something on, I think it was TikTok and in the comments where somebody said, or, or somebody said something like some, like it was a tagged question about like, what state do you live in? And they were like, I'm in Mexico, you know, like yes! whatever. And it, it, it's just this thing of just like, it doesn't even, they don't even think that like, what we're the only <laughs> people on this planet that thought of states, you know, versus Providence's 
territory, whatever the fucking thing is called, right? Uh, come on, the, 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 you're African American. Your 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 country of origin origin is African. You're like that's a continent. It's a continent. Yeah, like come on. So I think it's it's stuff like that. Like so, th- this actually just happened to me last night because oh lord, um, I'm specifically like my entire for you page on TikTok or even Instagram or or the way I search out travel and expat stories. I'm always looking for for black women first Mm -hmm. and then i start to dig into like black queer and you know Mm that like i kind of go down the list of all the things that i am in the sort of hierarchical way that i identify and so like when i'm scrolling through my my curated pages that's what i'm seeing the most of but then i ended up seeing something just kind of quickly and subtly about um freshwater pools cenotes in in mexico and so for me like the like when I talk about nature or go- wanting to go back to nature, for me, it's ocean or la- lake. It's, it's water based. Like water is the thing that I want to be near. And uh, and so I when I saw that there was all these freshwater pools all over the place, I was like, oh, I want to check this out. So I go down this rabbit holes of cenotes. Like I want to see all the cenotes close by because that's, that's one of the things I do right mm-hmm. away. And um, if I would see like so I ended up searching the word. That was my problem as I searched the word. When searching the word, I saw predominantly white. Um, you know, Instagram model level people mm-hmm. that were doing these things. And the way they described the quaintness <laughs> Quaint. of Mexico, of the city or the towns or cities that they were in, or or the way they described like anything in Mexico was was like a isn't it so cute? As if they're looking at a zoo or a ant farm of something like that, of of like I am the dominant species right. looking upon at another. Yeah, and you're like we're you're othering. physically in their yeah. place, but you're othering them. But in we're their othering place. them in yeah. their place. And How then I switch over us. to like a black traveler who was doing that, and they're like, "You need to learn about this cenote because and what." And then the way they describe it is the stuff that I want to know about the place. You know, like it's literally like this place has a water temperature of X, Y, Z. Like the water is so crystal clear. It's known for this, Y, da, da, da. It's yep. in a cave function. Like all this stuff that is like a, the reason why I even wanted to learn about the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, some kind of mention of just like, at no point was I harassed, you know, like no point were yeah. people asking me why I was there. You know, nobody asked me why I knew how to swim. Like this kind of <laughs> shit that happens to, <laughs> right. uh, to us here in the yep, States yep, yep. wasn't happening on those videos. So the contrast just within seconds of scrolling on TikTok, the contrast of getting a white expat um, experiencing Mexico versus a black expat, like instant cringiness to just be like oh i cannot stand how they do this all the time wherever they go and i know i'm saying they and i know that you're one of them but it, you're all, you're Fine. also different um <laughs> no, but like it, we, it's just that we, that we lack that. of we thoughtfulness yeah like it's that lack of thoughtfulness that just is an automatic okay. assumption and i'm not saying that there aren't some american aspects of me that i will no. absolutely discover when Mm -hmm. I get someplace, you know, I know that the, some things are very American about me that I'm just not as aware of until I'm not in America. I I know that to be the case. I did not like, for example, when I went to Italy, 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 the the thing that was the hardest for me was you, whenever you're planning to go somewhere, you will see the schedule of the train or the bus Mm -hmm. going there, but you Mm -hmm. don't get to see the schedule of the train or the bus coming back until you're there. Oh, funny. 
So if you get there and you look at the board, you go, um, the train going back to where your hotel is, is tomorrow. <laughs> so you're here tonight. Till tomorrow. <laughs> like, till tomorrow. That was like, and I'm like, that was, and then when I, when I, you know, the Italians are looking at you going, what's your problem? I'm like, I want to go back to my hotel room. That was a very, you know, that was my American abroad so, moment of tantrum. See, that would, while it would also make me uncomfortable, I'm not saying that it wouldn't. And also money-wise, I'd be concerned for myself yes. and things like that. The way it would impact me would be so much different than the way it would impact you because, um, like, white people existing in discomfort is not something y'all practice. Nope. We're, like, literally, like, brown people don't have that choice. And so, absolutely. Like, so I'm just like, okay, so we're either going to be staying in the train station or, or we're going we're to gonna try to find a, a cheap place, you know, like, yeah, solution or oriented, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. oriented, like, kicks in right away. Yep. Yep. Whereas like white people will kind of linger in their discomfort, completely unsure what the next step and is. That's down. how you get so many fucking mm -hmm. videos of white yep. women harassing people on planes and then being ejected from the pain and being like, no, I have to go to work tomorrow. Well, you should have thought of that before you started being a dick. You know, like things like I that. I wasn't being a dick. I was in my I'm field. not saying that you were. You were but no, I'm no, saying no, no, that's what I mean. Is like, yeah, that's what we do, which is you made me uncomfortable. And um, so, yeah, you're perceiving my behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Everybody should be comforting me because I'm uncomfortable. Because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Whereas, like, right. we just have to live within, as brown right. people, we, like, just right. have to live within our discomfort. And we're just, and this is not stereotyping. This is, like, we're just legitimately more resourceful when shit goes wrong because no. we experience yeah. shit going wrong outside All of the our time. control so much more often, I think, than y'all do. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's interesting. That's funny. But again, it's also one of those things that like your mindset when you travel. Yes. As an American, but more specifically as a white American, your expectation of what you have access to, you're not even prepared for the shift. Whereas like I am prepared for a shift. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what that is going to be until I'm in a place. And so I'm yep. already heightened because I'm ready to find out what the thing is that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what and I'm it, saying? Yes, I do. Well, not from your perspective, but I, I'm getting an inkling. Yeah. <laughs> but from my perspective, yeah, no. And it was very uncomfortable. And there was times when I was like, got mad at my family members for being there like, you know, just, just go with the flow. And I'm like, you guys are white dudes. <laughs> like, I'm One a of my favorite kinks is watching white people call white people white. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> Am I turning you on? I fucking love it. I don't know why, but it's so funny to like you, see a white person call a white person white yeah. and watch that person freak out. Oh, I you, fucking you, love it. You enjoy a little white on white crime. I do. I am here Nothing for white on white crime yeah. oh. <laughs> on the internet. Honestly, it is. It is pretty. It's pretty amusing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but that's from the perspective of, you know, I've been curating. I, I yes, I predominantly want to. Um, hear the black perspective uh, uh, the most but i've been spending so much time now going okay make sure like indigenous indigenous asian asian this and uh, because me. because i have a lot from a from coming from the colonizer um background i have a lot more to 
yeah wade wade through i mean i do i do that as well but again it's it's just different in terms of the like yeah. mental acts ac access to things i kind of start with my own hierarchies and then yep. i work into the other mm -hmm. categories mm -hmm. and now because i because i know that we've kind of zeroed in on on mexico as being right. the the place that just makes the most sense for the first jump because right. we are planning on on probably experiencing so, a number of different places. Now I'm doing Latin A. Now I'm right. doing Mexico specifically so that I can kind of get myself acquainted with that. Right. Same. And um, and also like the perspective of being told, like, I remember people telling me, oh, you can't go there. It's not safe for LGBTQ. That's not true. Um. You know, yeah, I guess finding out sources before right, you find finding out. sources. Yeah, yeah. Right. And because I did the I'm like, I want to hear that. I want to see what laws. And I'm like, no, they're actually they're on slightly behind. Well, at the time of making the pew, whatever, that you know, they were slightly below America. I don't know how now with everything that has happened so quickly in the last two years, how True. America was is gonna fare. I think America severely has dropped. Yeah. Um in safety wise for the LGBTQ in particular. Yeah. Um but um and also but, yeah. we'll do an episode about this as well. We yeah. both have well I'll say in my case a primary relationship but um because I'm poly but um like we both have relationships where we can hide in straight privilege for safety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um there's some discomfort for that for me for sure that i've talked about on some of my other shows that we can we can get into because i i don't specifically know that for you mm -hmm. um that uh like I, I mean i've been quoted as saying i've been gay on the internet meaning like i've been publicly out <laughs> right, right, i'm not right, doing right. gay shit on the internet but i am publicly out as a queer person i and so i'm i'm too googleable as queer so i know that i can't hide from it Mm -hmm. when I go somewhere else, if, if I'm searchable. Um, but, but I know that if I'm physically walking down the street next to my partner, right. That's, you know, I, right. I have, I have that like straight privilege, uh, a straight assumed privilege to hide in for safety. If I need to, I feel uncomfortable about it, but it is also a thing. It It's a real, it's our reality. Eventually. Right. And we're going to go, about. It, but the, I keep whenever. And so I don't, normally besides outside of you and maybe a handful of other people i've really literally have stopped talking about me um and and my partner leaving and doing traveling outside of the united states to live primarily mm. because one of the big things that it keeps coming up is them constantly telling me that other places are you know more more dangerous or more this or more that more this and i was like okay i don't want to hear it <laughs> i don't well, number one um let's just pretend for a second that i believe you yeah um, that, that you're correct, that your assumptions are correct. Um, but the thing is, that's not like at everywhere or, or we'd be hearing about it. If, when I did a minimal amount of research, that's not true. But the bigger one is this, They're like, well, the other one that they argue now is with, well, it, they have problems with, you know, uh, crimes against LGBTQ or, you know, um, so abortion rights. And I'm like, so do we, but the only difference is I pay 12 times higher. Yeah. To be discriminated and be treated like shit in my own home. Yeah. With no support of family and friends because you're just waiting for the fucking pendulum to swing back or whatever the yeah. fuck they keep telling me. Um, it'll so, even itself out. It'll just even, like, so you, I just stay here and be miserable with you. And I think that's where this is coming from. The idea that, well, from my perspective, I'm finding with my loved ones is the idea that I'm going, I don't want to be here in the muck anymore mm -hmm. with you. If you're not going to dig. Yeah. 
that you know what that that is why it's so much easier i think for me now to separate from well i i'm japanese <laughs> i can cut a motherfucker out real quick uh it's part of my training uh like i i can just like stop being related to somebody <laughs> in some way shape or form you don't not, exist any longer i'm not saying that i don't have a morning period it's just that my morning period is right. actually really small in comparison um to other people that i experience mm -hmm. grieving lost um relationships loved ones when they're still alive <laughs> right um so for me it's like i know that it is easier for me i know that i come from a culture that that allows for that um a little bit easier than others but it's that thing of just like just hunkered down like that 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 there's someone who loves me but is willing to tell me to hunker down through the shit until until and, and a fantasy future that we can't even guarantee and mm -hmm. if you're not willing to do the work and you claim you love me why are you expecting other people out there to do the work to make the change that you aren't helping nope. mm -hmm. make mm -hmm. uh no i'm like I had a friend tell me that the reason why they still, you know, ate at Chick-fil-A is because the chicken is good, which is a complete lie. That is the worst fucking chicken. Well, I don't it's worse chicken, never... but it's not very good yeah. chicken. I right. don't know why people like it. But they specifically said to my face, well, I'm not gay, so I don't have to deal with it the way you do. And I was like, but you are black and uh -huh. you should also be able to empathy mm -hmm. doesn't have to be. I'm not from your category. Mm -hmm. Empathy is I'm a human person that doesn't want X, Y, Z to happen. Mm -hmm. So I can I can relate and fight against that kind of thing. It doesn't mean you have to be gay to not want to eat a Chick-fil-A. You know, you hurt people in America. You hurt people through money. You make mm -hmm. change. You affect change through hurting their money. Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A, not eating a Chick-fil-A would be one of those ways in which you can help influence people from not having those problematic positions in the same way that there are companies that support anti black legislation and stuff like that probably mm -hmm. don't go supporting those people and yep. if you don't think chick-fil-a is one of those people then you're ridiculous you know what i'm saying so like i think it's all this kind of like when i see when i see people say stuff like that like it's so much easier for me to be like you know what you're not safe anymore and and back out and then as i back away from some of these not safe relationships you know some people don't even check in and then you're like oh they didn't really care anyway because like if i haven't spoken to you in like four months and and you don't realize it you know mm -hmm. then we're fine we didn't yeah. need to be in a relationship anyway whatever that relationship is friendship or otherwise but for the ones that check in on you and be like hey i haven't heard from you in four months and you're like yeah i haven't heard from you either mm -hmm. and then the answer is so what's going on and it's like have you changed your position on eating a chick-fil-a yet you yeah. know and i'm just using that as a small example not that that has happened in real or like not that the check-in part hasn't happened in real life um <laughs> let me be clear uh but like i can just I can just drop out a lot quicker now because at this point, I think I've, I've, I've hit an age where I'm no longer going mm -hmm. to put in the effort to work and fix a person that is telling me who they are. Like are. people tell you who they are up front and believe them. Don't believe them. That's our yeah. problem. We don't believe them. Yeah. And if we go forward believing them, um, I, I'm finding myself making changes so much quicker now than I do. Than I used to, right. and I, I feel better about that now. It is. I'm not saying it doesn't suck. It absolutely yes. does suck. But it's so much easier to just be like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. And I, mm -hmm. I know that like for you, what you've what you've experienced the last few years in particular, what I what I've witnessed, it's it's just like 
there was a period of time where you were just outright shocked and you expected more out of the people. And then there was a period of time where like you weren't shocked, but you were just hurt that it was real that you were even having to deal with it. And I think now as you've come to terms with um, the safety element as to the people that you're not planning on having in your life or being around anymore or for whatever some boundaries we're, we're gonna yeah put you're some setting some up. boundaries like yeah. you're as you're still dealing with sort of the discomfort and the pain of what that experience is like and for me um i'm just like I, I i can just cut so much easier so i wish i could like take a chunk out of that and put it in you so that you don't have to suffer it but nah, you know. i have to feel this right it's it's important yeah. to go through the discomfort right yeah and and this is um they call it the quiet healing I'm not very quiet right now. I'm talking, but <laughs> honestly, the, the times I'm on this podcast or even talking to you is like the most I talk ever. Cause most of this now is been, me being been, yeah. very quiet, uh, very, uh, very been spending a lot of times learning and listening, which I yeah. think is a good, it's not a bad place to be. I think that's perfectly acceptable and then doing things, but then um, you don't have to get uh, a response for doing something gratitude or a pat on the back or that gold star, right, yeah, you know, that type thing. Um, so, you know, but I think, you know, because the other th aspect that has changed things is as you be, as, um, as white supremacy works, right. As time goes on, the more you experience and realize how symptoms are working. And also I'm getting older, which means I'm having more medical issues as of late. Mm -hmm. um, I'm having more, issues that have caused me to be um and i'm on this is my ableism talking like i'm more i'm uncomfortable saying that i'm disabled but it, i'm having mobility like issues. you haven't yeah you're having yeah. literal mobility issues but you issues. can't make that connection yet you haven't so gotten there yet one of the huge factors for me um was with the 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 what covid is, has shown me um, about America in particular, and the people, my people in America, is that how little we care Yeah. to make change. I mean, you're not surprised, shocked at all, but yeah. it's that how little we care about making small. I'd wear a mask forever if that meant that I could keep someone safe. Sure. Yeah. Right. But so it, to them, it ask, it's like asking them to cut off their own fucking feet yeah it, right it was it, it's so bizarre and again i also come again mixed japanese i come from a culture of people who is who who almost actively tries to make themselves smaller for the good of the population population and it you know it's not in a way that entirely erases you as an individual but mm -hmm. it is about you know doing the most good for this for the largest group and if i have to be a little uncomfortable so that you can be more comfortable mm -hmm. um that is a big part of the japanese culture and so mask wearing and and actually this spreads all throughout most of east asia specifically and parts of southeast asia as well um the wearing the mask part of culture has has been in existence for a long time mm -hmm. and if you check their health stats they while they do still experience part of the pandemic as well mm -hmm. they have well like fewer us. deaths like way Not less like cases us. the quarantine is is usually really clean before they get themselves back out you know like they make sure they feed them they, they deliver feed food. them. They were delivering food to like this was happening in China. This was happening in Japan. This was happening in Korea. We, um, we have like, so many Americans starving right now. Yeah. That's and thank you for the little $2,800 that we got, you know, once or twice, depending on who you were uh, and two they years the, ago. And they let the child tax credit fail to go. Yeah. Free. Like they didn't wrap the, that. that. And, and, and child poverty have, in the United States has gone is, is skyrocketing again. 
we put people into a kind of collections if they can't pay for their lunch money, little children, if they can't pay for their lunch money, you have neighborhood events trying to raise money to pay off the debt, lunch debt of children in school. Mm -hmm. If my children are required by law to go to at least a public school, mm -hmm. then why the fuck does that public school not make sure that the kid is fed? If I don't, if I'm not able we to used to have those. Like, yeah. Like it amazes me. It amazes me that we have i mean it again doesn't surprise me i grew up with this but no. it, it amazes me that we think that everything is such a violation or why should i contribute mm -hmm. to society for some, right. to help somebody else when i come from culture that is I, literally okay. about like the but, greater good but, and sorry to get on my high horse here but they need to keep the same fucking energy because they i, I keep hearing everything well you know i'm what do they say socially uh, oh, liberal, fiscally, fiscally conservative, socially liberal. Yeah. Which is okay. fucking bullshit. How can you like socially look at somebody struggling and then fiscally saying, I'm, I'm not going to pay for that when it, yeah, keep they're that not same energy. Please explain it to me how it makes sense to you that Jeff Bezos makes $35 million an hour. Yeah. And don't tell me it's because it, he works hard because no, there is nobody not, I know no, that works it, in no. a quote unquote blue collar or, mm -hmm. or, um, mm -hmm. you know, manual labor and or retail or food industry that doesn't work fucking hard. It's just a different skill right. set. So, and I guarantee you, Jeff Bezos oh, does not work hard. No. And even if he does work his fucking ass off, it's not $31 million a motherfucking hour. An hour. Yeah. Like Leap that, that out. Okay. And so why is it that people find that that is acceptable, but somebody that can't pay for food and they go, well, I'm not going to pay for your life choices. How, and they refuse to see they, and that's the, the thing. My reason why. Yeah. And the thing is this, as someone from who's, um, from, uh, behind enemy lines, we do see it. Sure. Of course you do. We yeah. do see it. We just go, it doesn't fucking affect us. It doesn't really hurt me. Therefore I'm not going to give too much of a damn. Yeah. And in what's really fucking sucks is because our my culture is so fucked up that when it starts to affect us, I'm it's becoming like, more disabled. I have worked three jobs practically my entire life. Yeah. I have hustled since my my early teens. Okay. Um, so don't no one has the fucking right to tell me that I'm lazy. Yeah. I'm struggling to pay for things. Now yeah. I am in a better place than I have ever been. Right. Okay. But let's talk about one of the reasons why one of the, I medically, I need the older we all get, the more medical help we are going to need. Mm -hmm. So I pulled up a couple of numbers for y'all on the internets for you. So I want, now there's some numbers that I'm going to be throwing out at you, but I want to take a look at a study that was pu uh, published in 2016. And then it was written about in 2017. So these numbers are prior to the pandemic, which is going to change a lot of different things because this sure. was a massive, a massive unliving event and a massive uh, disabling event, right? Okay. They're saying 35% of Americans who get COVID are going to experience long COVID. Okay. Mm-hmm which means you will have no ability to work or limited ability to work. So if you can't work, how do you pay rent? How do you pay for food? Yada, yada, yada. Okay. Yeah. So according to Medicare, okay, the average American in 2016, excuse me, in this, the beginning of the study, in 2012, the average American, one American, was paying $9,596 to have access to medical care that year. That is your monthly fucking premiums plus 
your deductible only, not your co-insurance, mm. not your copay, anything like that. Not at mm. your out-of-pocket max, just that. And that's if you're lucky enough to have health insurance through your employer, mm. right? Okay. So that it's, if that's more, it was more than twice the per capita average of every other developed nation. That's the thing. Like the more we get into this, the more you see like this greatest nation fucking thing that we're in, how low we are in so many areas that we're supposed to be a world fucking example and we pay, for. It, it, and everyone say it's better in America. The fuck it is. The fuck it is. So, so here's the thing. So experts, now this is before the pandemic, experts, quote, healthcare spending per person is expected to surpass $10,000 in 2016. And the March steadily higher, they're purporting that it's going to cost $15,000 because it was 14.9, okay, by 2023. Yeah, I mean, even just now, like I have this, I have a this is a small, very not problematic thing. I have a skin tag growing in my nose. It's yep. growing so big that you can now see it if I tilt my yep. head um, or just if I'm not wearing a mask. I tried to go get this thing removed. Yep. I was told it was cosmetic, so I had to pay for it entirely out of pocket. So in yep. addition to my my specialist copay, mm -hmm. which was $60, mm -hmm. I would have to pay somewhere around $300 to get this thing removed because they viewed it as cosmetic. Yep. I was telling them it hurts, like yep. it physically does hurt. Mm -hmm. And it, because it was growing, I could, and it was going so fast, I can conceive of it getting to a point that it was going to block my nasal passage. Right. Mm -hmm. And they said, come back when it blocks your nasal package, the passage, and or, then it can be covered. Or if so, it starts bleeding, or if it gets infected, or yeah. Any of that stuff. Yeah. So I end up getting one of those freezing your wart off kits. And I've been doing that slowly to pull just little chunks of it off at a time because it's yep. growing. And it hurts. And it hurts. And yeah. now I think I've frozen too much because now I actually have pain at the free site. So, like, I'm probably causing myself more you damage. Bur you burnt it a little bit. So, yeah. ease off. And so, and so now I'm just doing an oil to try to, to try to kill. But this is something I've been now dealing with for four months. And I'm talking about this is low end, low impact not that bad right. of a deal situation. So, and yeah, I have to go through hoops for that. Right. And it's just for skin tag. So, yeah. so in comparison, I wanted to take a look at, um, so if, if, if the annual cost per person is going to hit $10,000 by 20, by 2016, mm -hmm. I don't, I use that number. I use that number. And we go back to 1960s in the 1960s, the average person, Paid $146 to have health care. Is, is that on. in ratio to what we're paying now or thank in you. their dollars? I want to thank you so much for that question. <laughs> because when I adjust for inflation, okay, that means in 2016 that the cost of medical for the same access is nine times higher than it was in the 1960. Mm. When the cost of living has gone up, but the pay has not. Has not, yeah. Yeah. So compare that to Mexico. Now, for the for those of you guys know, uh, don't know, uh, in Mexico has uh, public health. Mm -hmm. So if you have an emergency, you can go to a, pub, a public hospital public and get some help, okay? And then there's some, some costs there. 
Like it might be $20 to go to the ER American. Okay. Um, but if you want to do private insurance, make sure you can see a doctor and see some specialists and so whatever. So I will let you know for foreigners living in Mexico, uh, the average cost per person is $5,900 a year. That is meaning like if you, and, and that's just for certain types of insurance coverage, whatever. So when I went and looked at into it for six months for private insurance for me, for six months, currently right now, mm -hmm. I can buy a plan for $400 <laughs> for six months. We're paying $1,600 a month for me and my partner through his work, through, through his, his work. work. Yeah. We can't even afford to use the health insurance. And you're talking about $400 yep. for the entire six months that we would have there because you can go six months at a time. Right. And that, that number that they're giving me was like people going and doing like they're, that's full dental. That's, you know, that's getting medication. So that is, so if we compare it to what they're saying by next year, which is going to be $15,000 just to have access. Yeah. Not even use it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, uh, and there's, and so there's several um, companies that will give you guys quotes um, and that you can get there and you can pay for it out of pocket then you can go down there and you'll have, you'll have an access card and something like that for, and we for can put some down. of those links in, in, yes. uh, in some of the things so that y'all can. can check that out. So most U S citizens also purchase additional coverage in the U S right. But the premiums are way higher. However, if you exclude the U S coverage of your plan, you save approximately 50%. So that coverage right there was including the plan that gives you insurance back in America. Wow, bro. So the average per price for a Canadian citizen would be $3,000 a year. In Mexico, a Canadian citizen? That's mm -hmm. so fucking wild. You know, and this is like, we're talking about the medical aspects. This is not even talking about like other things, other benefits that you can have just in your day-to-day -day life that yep. we don't have access to here that you could, you could both have there and yeah. be contributing to their society and also be giving people jobs. You know, like there's so many other aspects of this that, um, of, of living in other places that I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, but it's just insane to think that right now, like I haven't been able to go to the dentist because I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. I can't afford to use the health insurance that we're required by law to pay for. Yep. Um, and that we got the lowest plan possible and we, and it's $1,600 a month for both mm -hmm. of us through my, my husband's work. Like that's with us not having anything so severe right now that we really need it. Although we both have knee problems that we aren't able to check out right now. Whereas you like, your transit, you, what you've been learning lately about your your future, looking ahead into what mm -hmm. mobility is going to be an issue for you. Like we, like I feel like we need to get you out faster because we want to make sure that we get you out before the mobility <laughs> stuff really, really hits. But hard. Yeah. I would like to get down there and help some. Like I have friends that pay the cheapest that they pay is a thousand to twelve hundred dollars a month just mm -hmm. for their insulin. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about that last time as well. Like, yeah. Cause we were, we were doing checks about some of the basic medicines that we, that we both and, use and, and everyone it's just for your, I don't want you guys to be confused. It's not like there's different medicines in Mexico. Like, don't no. get me wrong. They might be different. They might have different 
access to certain drugs, but it's primarily the same, like Pfizer, this, they have all that stuff down there. Okay. It's the same fucking medicine, except that um, in America, these companies are allowed to charge whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Whereas in the rest of the world, they have... And the rest of the world, they have laws... Laws about it, yeah. That say you cannot gouge people like that because they need it to live. Also, like, and what's also- the move? If you allow... If you charge your people so much that they die off, eventually you're... Supp- it like, keeps it's- people desperate and keeps them in the system. It keeps you working hard and not putting your head up because, because you're too busy. Die. You're too busy treading water so you don't drown. Yeah, it, it's they don't stuff like want that. You, they don't want us fighting. It's stuff stop like that them. that really makes it like, yeah, like for all the the issues that I do feel that we might come across with like classism and things like that. Like I right. think the more we we absorb ourselves into the whatever the local culture is that we're at, and and however we try to con- contribute as outsiders, you know, still understanding our outside space, like being able to just get care will be worth all the other effort it might take to have to live in a place that you might not have access to language right away. I think, you know, we'll get fluency over time. And so um, ways in which that we can contribute to their society while also like literally just allowing ourselves to survive a little bit better than, than we're currently experiencing um, I think is a big, (laughs) big aspect of, of what I'm looking forward to this. So for me, before we start to wrap up a little bit, for me, my I've just signed a six-month lease mm. on my current place with the expectation that I'm trying to get out of here by that point, <laughs> by, by the end of the six months. Um, and hopefully everything goes well and it's possible and stuff like that. Um, but part of that also is holding out on some medical things that I need to take care of that aren't even near what you have to deal with. Yeah. holding out until I get there so that I can take care of some of these problems that I have and hope that they don't get worse in that six month. And that's again, small potatoes, I think in comparison to, to what it is that you've got going on. Um, and then just learning like the learning process that you're going through right now for what you have going on yep. and then researching it here and researching it for there is probably a big it, you know, it's so it's so funny because when it all started for me, it was researching other countries to go. America doesn't do it better. How can yeah. we do it better? And I don't know how to do it better. I mean, yeah. I have an education, but I don't know. So I'm going to go out and learn how are other places doing it? Because there are other people that have cancer. There yeah. are people with diabetes everywhere in the world. Yeah. How does this work there? How does it work? How did the how did the pandemic work in Japan? Yeah. With the with the lockdowns and feeding, yeah, because in that in twenty twenty they only had like a thousand cases, right? We we gave we gave bailout money to major corporations and not to the people. And the thing is, like, well, you know, they provide jobs. The money they gave us, guys, was our fucking tax dollars, is our money back. Yeah, that's all it was. And also, at the end of the day, let's not forget, money is made up. All the stuff that we're paying for yeah. is made up. Like we yeah. created all this shit. We used to and for thousands of years lived on the land yeah and just did i mean survived long enough for the human race to get to the place and now we have nearly eight billion people so we did fine enough yeah Mm -hmm. and in just the and just to be generous we'll say 200 years because that's not what it's been but just be generous 200 years of say industrialization right 
to some degree. We have entirely destroyed the right. planet. Mm-hmm. You know, but, like right. our, our, the 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 even just I saw a picture the other day of around Earth, like the trash that's around the planet that we have to cut through to get even to the moon right is so insane because of the stuff that we keep putting up there up there um you know we're destroying the space around our atmosphere and then we're Mm -hmm. destroying our planet and we've only done this in less than 200 years Mm -hmm. for shit that's all entirely made up none of the stuff that we needed we could have just existed all the lives that we killed because of the thing that we made up of race all yeah, like all of this kind for, of stuff is all made this, up. The, all the women that have suffered because of the stupid bullshit of patriarchy. Yeah, all of this stuff is made up, and we're all a part of this. Like, um, this we could literally just do shit. I know, and, and that, not have to pay for it. Like that is a possibility. Wasn't it? Wasn't George Carl, Carlin, the stand-up comedian, who was like, "You guys, the world's going to be fine." You guys think that you know uh, conserving plastic bags is going to save uh, save us from all? Uh, yeah, guess what? At the end of the day, the world's going to be fine. We We are going to be gone. Yeah. The world is going to shake us off like a bunch of fleas. And it's deserved as far as and it, and right and we're gonna heal and it's gonna heal and go about its age and I don't know maybe the ne- the next generations of different dinosaurs will be the yeah the like species. I mean I yeah know. we'll just be an extinct species to the way that the dinosaurs were uh, species as well. Um, unfortunately, a lot of an- we're taking a lot of animals with us, but that yeah. you know. Um, what's done is done so yeah i feel i feel like there's so much about this stuff that is so ridiculous that you know the idea that i shouldn't have to pay tax dollars to pay you know support other people when it's more of a drain on society to have them exist without support than it is to actually legitimately support other people current times we are now dealing with monkeypox which monkeypox has i believe been around since the 1970s i believe Hmm. okay and whenever it's happening in brown countries right especially for us Americans, it that's it. Oh, suffering in Brown countries is acceptable to us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we are dealing with monkeypox now in the United States because we refuse to help a bunch of people that we say are Brown right. and didn't deserve our help. And case in point for all you guys in there, you guys are talking shit a lot about America. Um, America let 20 million doses of the monkeypox vaccine go bad as opposed to giving it to the place that needed it the most and this is what happens the rest of the world. If anybody would just learn about intersectionality, right? Which is, again, Charmaine knows this. I'm talking to the internets, okay? <laughs> is that if you want to help yourself, you have to help the most vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah. Mm. Our survival is, it is helping ourselves as in humanity, as yes. in not just me as an individual. If but we had given the vaccine humanity. to these countries, we wouldn't be dealing with monkeypox here on our shores today. Well, there's other stuff going on in there too. And true, I, I, it's uh, you more know, nuance than that. I got yeah. that. But we let 20 million that definitely doses that should not have happened. It's wasteful, and then yeah. it is the perfect. It is the perfect analogy of America. We have well, something we also that let can help. COVID vaccines expire here rather yes. than giving them to so somebody a population, else. population then, that yeah. needed us. Imagine yeah. what India could have done with our vaccines. Right, exactly. Or and yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. I mean, I assume that most of the people that will discover our show outside of the people that we know that are listening to will, or you know, probably already be on some of this mindset to 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 follow us. But it's it's really about 
learning those aspects. Like for the longest time I, I had a different perspective. I was like, you know, like, yeah, we should just enforce, um, vaccines in, in some of these other countries and but now I know how much like they're so wary of westernization of and stuff like that of and, what we and, did and there completely understand why that is the case but at the same time we want it to be available to them um, rather than let things expire just to protect them versus just like letting it sit on the shelf and you know why is it okay to waste thousands of I think probably millions of dollars worth of medication yep. rather than give it to people who can use it right away just because we can't benefit off of it. Yes, like that, that can't make a profit. The, yeah. That's, that's the most American thing I think ever is like, we would rather let something go to waste than be useful to others. If it's why we're not, we're not allowed to, to donate food. It's that why they have laws where you're not allowed to donate your food. You have to throw oh, it yeah, out. People can get to arrested. If you arrested if you feed the, here in, in Houston, where I currently live, there is a rule. You're not allowed to feed the homeless. Nope. You can, you can, they can panhandle for money, but you're not allowed to feed them. And if you get caught feeding them, you will get um, a ticket. You will get a ticket. And that is insane. Um, also, the fact that like churches don't feed the homeless or house the homeless, like, you know, because, but, no. you know, there are reverends and pastors and, and priests and stuff like that that drive like super nice cars, like all that kind of stuff that I have a problem with. Look, we can't, I can't even hand out bottled water for people waiting to line to vote. To vote. Yeah. I remember that being a thing you were getting hit on mm. but i don't want uh it to get too no so um, but but what the, the, we're talking about when is it when when are we doing this or when why i think it is even though we love talking in this aspect we're tired of talking about the fantasy the the fantasy and the deaf ears aspect on it like we have been in different ways we have had we've been activists and or elevators and or um like legitimately just facilitators of other people's you know trying to help other people do either voting or you know get to the hospital or whatever like we get insurance or get access all to this, this kind of get stuff. a ride yeah we separately have done different versions of this and it is helpful this much and it's still good that we have done what we have done but we need more people to buy in and the people that we love and trust the most are telling us no that's somebody else's problem if i'm if my choice is to stay here and can keep fighting a system that is fighting against me mm -hmm. with people that are supposed loved ones that are also fighting against me. Yeah. I would much rather continue my fight with strangers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like no, I would rather that go is somewhere me else. To a T. Yeah. That is where I am at right now. I don't, when it comes to anybody that is my family or friends prior to this this year mm -hmm. if you're yeah. not currently talking to me right now there's a particular reason why yeah because i've i have done everything on my own for i don't know how long i have yeah. been there for everyone and i do fight with the fact that i know sometimes a little bit you too like we fight with that whole guilt thing of like well you know it's not about tit for tat right but at the same time yeah. I've been diminishing myself. Tit. There has to be some tit. I mean, yeah. come on. Why be queer if I don't get any tit? No. I, <laughs> it's, it's that um, if there's a other, I can fight another way. I don't, because the way I was doing it, though, I know I've made impact. I know I have. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know there are people that are in better and I, and I know, and I'm not, I don't feel guilty about any of that or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
if I don't take time for myself, how can I? Yeah. And yeah, you, you can't keep fighting if you don't rest. Um, but also like, why fight if we're, if we can't even enjoy any aspect of what we're fighting for too, you know, like why do we have to be up all the time? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, I think that is something that we, our, our examples for people that have made big change, uh, tend to be people who literally sacrificed their lives for, for change. Um, in our smaller scales, because we're really just trying to do it within our own individual yes. smaller communities or our own families or whatever, right. you know, like we're not necessarily sacrificing our life, but we are in a sense, if we're not allowing ourselves to actually live the life that we're working so hard to preserve. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and our culture has told us to work, 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 work until you die. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I mean, I just it took me for it took me years to figure out that it was OK to not want to do that. Right. And it's okay for me to hand the anxiety back. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you want access to me as Mm -hmm. a, as a loved one, here Mm -hmm. are some of the things that I come with. These are the boundaries that I come with. These are the requirements that I come with. And I'm not saying that I'm more special than any other person on the planet. I'm saying that I can no longer expel my energy towards somebody who are, who's either voting in a way that actively disenfranchises me or puts me at literal risk for health reasons or imprisonment or safety or debt, you know, whatever. Um, I, I'm no longer available to someone that will do that. Uh, I'm no longer available to let a person tell me the, that they support me, but why they're not going to be doing the work and this whole like hate the war, but support the troops thing about, you know, us as individual people, as queer people, like, you know, I'm not gay, so I can't, you know, by I love you and I hope that everything works out for you, but because it doesn't affect me, I'm no longer, I'm just no longer available for that. So it's not an ultimatum in the way that we think of ultimatums as bad things. It is a Mm -mm. boundary to have me in your life. That means you also consider my life as valuable Valuable. enough to try to protect in the way that I do for you. Everyone else. Yes. Yeah. It's not again, not tit for tat, but it's just like basic human decency. Right. At the end of the Mm -hmm. day, that's what it is. And if I can't even get that out of my own loved ones, then I'm not under any obligation to stay here and suffer alongside of them when I could go somewhere else, get a little bit of more enjoyment in my own personal life and also affect change in a, in a place that may, may benefit from it, but also, willing to work hand in hand to do, you know, for that kind of stuff. And I, that's, that's more what I want to do. In addition to that, I think I, I just feel like I've, I've worked hard enough in a system that I cannot change because I'm part of what they're trying to oppress. Mm. I, if I, to, to make, to affect more change for me as a Brown queer femme, the amount of mingling I have to do, with people who don't look like me, who, who don't have, who don't share my experiences, the amount of effort and energy I have to expel to get them to change so that they can help me and the people who look like me. Yeah. I've been, I've already been doing that for 40 years, you know, like I, I, I there since out of the shoot and yep. it's gotten way worse, you know, it's like, it's yeah. only worse. And so I, I realized that at some point I have to decide, like, let me have a little bit of life for myself as well. 
and maybe find a place that my efforts can be more useful as long as I'm listening to the people that are in those environments. Cause right now I'm the person people need to listen to. Cause I'm right. from that, those oppressed groups. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can, I mean, it's almost like using your celebrity, right? Like if you're a celebrity person, you use your clout for an event. Like if I go someplace else where I can use my American status, which is make me real cringy even saying this right now. But if I can utilize my American status as a way to benefit the population of the people that I'm going to be around. Yeah. I, I would rather do that there than be an oppressed person here trying to convince a non-oppressed person to stop oppressing me. Right. You know. Do you mind um, taking the boot off my throat? You know, yeah. It's like I just, I'm just done with it. And and again, I guess I don't even feel like I need to explain it. And yet, I've decided to do a podcast where we're explaining it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think I, I'm hoping that uh, the people that find us are on their own journey, journey of that, yeah. figuring something out. Maybe they don't want to leave, but they would like to like have a breather someplace else. Or what I would, I was hoping for is to learn about maybe how we could come up with a way of um, having an organization where we could help. Because again, $400 um, for six months worth of access to healthcare to me is a steal. I know to someone who lives off of $1,200 a month because they're disabled, they can't do that. So is there a way that by we can facilitate down, something we like can that, facilitate yeah. by, by by you know working with the locals down there and that they have their own little casitas and and things is there a way that they can help facilitate having people with disabilities or medical issues um and or medical issues coming down there to get access to care mm-hmm. while on a vacation yeah yeah i used to work for a medical tourism company and and so a lot of what we did had most mostly to do with dental and plastic surgery i guess plastic surgery is a really big part of the medical tourism industry especially in mexico and and well especially in like colombia and um and korea uh and some of the stuff that i learned while doing and i was only there as a contractor for a couple of months but what i learned about there is is like the the entire way that they care and, and we'll get into medical tourism in, in yes. future episodes too so. but yes, the yes. entire way that they care you can do your entire travel convalescence and long-term convalescence yes and the actual treatment itself for for so much less that it legitimately is like you've saved up for a vacation yes like you can do it under your vacation budget not like i need this medical budget and a vacation but like in most cases you can do like a two and again, this is a privilege even to be able to get there. But like, let's say you only have $2,000 to be able to go and do some sort of medical treatment somewhere. You can get there, convalesce long term and get the procedure and come back home. Right. Within that thing like that is possible in other places. And um, the way that medical, you know, a lot of medical professionals that we worked with anyway, most of them were trained either in the United States or like Switzerland but they, you know, they're from yes. whatever countries yes. that they're from. And that, and so their medical licensing or their medical education and training is high for, for, just, for like a right. Westerner who believes like mm-hmm. I can only have Go medical to, care yeah. from American doctor or something like that. Their, their training is the same. They yep. just happen to come from a different country. Well, and the reason why they're doing this in Mexico or something is they don't have to pay the insurance like they do here. Yeah. And yeah. what I mean by that guys is the, the malpractice insurance is an ungodly amount of money. Mm. 
So what? How do they handle mail? Well, we'll get into that they, on another they episode. Do, <laughs> but again, it's it's subsidized. Yeah. Oh, subsidized. I see. Because okay. honestly speaking, if you want to, if we want to go that, and we want to make the podcast go in another direction, I would say, you know, like the police, for example, should pay for their own insurance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. Oh, but we also That's have another American, podcast. You know, American situation with our police. So yeah, like I, I think you, you you do need to tap their pensions to get them to stop killing black people. But we'll talk about that on another episode. Another, um, another so we did go a little bit longer than, than yeah. usual, but that's because we meandered in the beginning, which is naturally going to happen because we're friends and we're going to talk about shit. Um, but I, let's see, don't forget to follow. Oh, so a lot of stuff has changed in the week since we, or the two weeks since we aired our last episode. Um, our website is done and you can go to Queer Far Podcast or QueerFarPod.com. I think they both link back. Uh, but when you see it, it's also a Wix site. So it'll say Wix site once you get there. Uh, to check out our website. And on there, you will see the most recent videos of the episodes that we drop. In addition to being able to click on the audio episodes of it. And that is going to be where we are going to also put our resources tab. So anything that we end up covering in different episodes, uh, we'll eventually put up the resources associated with those things. And right now, our show is more conversational because we're getting you know our legs under us and everything like that but once we actually start having more you know topic based episodes where research is behind it we're going to be able to put those resources up on the website we also have a blog on that site that has the transcripts of every episode so as uh, one of the efforts in terms of um you know fighting against our own ableism, whether or not mm -hmm. we're aware of it or not, is accessibility. And transcripts is one way that that can be very helpful to some folks. So if you um, if you want to access Queer and Far podcast, you can do that by going to YouTube and watching our video, listening to us on whatever your favorite podcatcher is, or reading our transcripts on our website, which is queerfarpodcast.com. I'm very I'm, I'm really excited about that. It it does take some work to, to get it, you know, going and flowing and stuff like that. But I, I it's I, I think it's important to be able to have that kind of access. And then in addition to that, once we start getting those resources up, you know, we can really be beneficial to other people. So I'm proud of us for that. I'm proud of too. Oh, before you go, you want to see the one thing? that? Oh, I know yeah. I'm what's the one putting... thing we were talking about? I forgot that we were talking about doing so, this. So I was like, this is the one thing I know that's going to be going into my luggage because I know I'm going to need it. That's a big ass cup, bro. And it's like keeps everything like super frozen for over 24 hours. <laughs> well, whatever company that is, go to their website, see if they have an affiliate marketing thing so that we can try to get an affiliate deal with them. Okay. I can't see it. It's I all blurry. Redu reduce. Reduce. Okay. Um, what an you know, odd name for a very large cup. You know, one thing that is coming with me because I need it. What? Oh, but see, see <laughs> that Deadpool. makes that makes complete sense, though. My Deadpool unicorn, because I need him with me at all times. At all times. Um, that's funny. Uh, uh, don't forget to follow us on the social medias. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the Tickety Talks Queer Far Pod at mm -hmm. Queer Far Pod. Um, I, I've only put one. I've only put like our trailer thing up or something like on that the on the Kitty Talk so far. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna be traveling. So here, let's see when this. I'm airs, gonna be trying to making some some stuff. You're gonna make some videos. Like, but I was trying to figure out how to get something from our um, Google, and I'll figure it out. Okay, okay? we'll get there. I, I'm gonna be traveling. So by the time this airs, I will be already on the road. I will be going to Oklahoma City, Dallas, Anaheim, and 
Atlanta all over the course of a three and a half week period. Uh, I will be going to conventions and just, uh, you know, traveling to see folks too. So I will do my best in a timely manner to drop those videos, but if not, they'll just be videos that we end up talking about. So the next time you hear from us, uh, we will be reviewing, I guess, whatever amount of those trips I have done. Sounds good. <laughs> in between that time. Okay. Uh, but so I think our, our episodes, you know, we're our biweekly, so our episodes will kind of bounce between traveling video, uh, traveling episodes and discussion episodes about um, being an expat. So right now, Right now, you and I are really in it on the planning for the, the expat thing. So that's like the most important yep. aspect of what we're trying to get done. Um, but then also because of podcasting, I am traveling quite a bit. So uh, we'll we'll lace it in between there. We also have some interviews that are going to be coming down the pipe. I have a few things lined up with some folks that are currently living in places like Merida and um, possibly a person who used to live in Mexico City and wants to go back. So mm, okay. we'll get some we'll get some episodes of people who are actually doing the thing that we're talking about doing. And then you also have some folks that you've been talking to about um, disability and traveling. Yes, I would to like that to. As well. I've reached out to them and I'm hoping we can do something soon. Yeah. So, so w w again, we're biweekly for now until we until we get closer to until we're actually probably in our next location together and make it a little bit easier for us to do that. Um, so stick with us follow, subscribe, rate, and review because it'll help other people find us. And if you have any ideas of things that you would like us to cover, don't forget to hit us on a slide into the DMs or send us an email at queerfarpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah? Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Let's go. And uh, like we started to say, um, well, some videos that y'all haven't seen yet, um, but our little our little tag is we are vaxxed. Waxed. We are axed. Fully packed. So let's go. <laughs> Bye, friends. Bye, friends. Queer and Far is a main hustle media podcast, produced and edited by Charmaine Fury. Co hosted by Charmaine Fury, aka The Blazing Blurred, and Shay Nanigans. Music is Big Band Savage Jazz by Pine Groove. If you like what you've heard on Queer and Far, please subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle. This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified. Unique. Voices. Learn more at univazpods.net.